0: Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode, what is it, 61, 62? I think it's 62. Let me just double check here. I should have done this before. <laughs> hold on guys uh yeah episode 62 of the interviews podcast we are here for an end of year wrap-up episode we're gonna touch on uh Genoa. we didn't have a full uh pod after that so we'll talk about that game a little bit um to kick off today we'll talk about some of the news that's come out of Interworld in the past few days with the contract renewals and potentially a medical for a new signing coming up this Wednesday. And then we'll go ahead and get into the interviews uh, awards. It's our first time going ahead and, and doing this. So we have, a, I think, about 11 or, yeah, about 11 awards that we'll go ahead and give out and then give some predictions for 2024. Um, as always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Raffa. Joined here by Johnny Paterno, Johnny. It's been a year where we've seen a lot of good. Inter's been on top of the table for um, you know a good stretch of the year. There was a pretty crazy race to get into top four, and also we got to see Inter in a a European final, silverware as well. We did see Inter uh, take home the Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa this year, but overall. How do you feel about about our club in, in 2023? Um, did this year go as good as you thought it was going to go or um, some room for, for improvement? I mean, if we're looking at just the whole calendar year,
1: yeah, I would say it didn't go the way I would have liked just because of really the first half of the year. Obviously, we didn't get the Champions League. I would have loved to have gotten that. Um, sure that I think we were underdogs absolutely going into that match but we played well enough to get the win um and being just so far behind uh Napoli in the title race that was a little disappointing I mean yes it was nice that we got the Coppa Italia and the Super Copa and two great things but yeah missing out on on that um quote-unquote treble was a little bit of a a stinger, that loss is going to bother me for for a little while, just because I I think we we played better than than Man City, really. So then, when you look at the way the, this season has started, much better. I feel much better about it. Um Obviously, you know we have a a slim lead in the, in the title race on on Juve, and hopefully we can maintain that in twenty twenty four and and get that second star. But if I had to give this year a grade, I guess I would go maybe. I don't know, six out of 10.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, no one expected us to be in a champion's league final. And I think that that in and of itself is a a really something that can give hope to the fans. It it hurts definitely, especially like you mentioned the fact that we outplayed um, Man City, but didn't take home the champion's league title. It hurts a lot because it's very difficult to get to that stage of the competition these days, you know, knowing that we don't quite have the financial power of some of the other teams that can constantly spend and and continue to stay competitive and stay on top, it really does feel like, you know, you never know when you're going to get back there. So that definitely hurt. And then you can see the contrast between, when you look at it in a calendar year perspective, you can see the contrast between the different types of years that you get on a, a domestic campaign level. You have one year where, I would have liked to know, I would have liked that Napoli got challenged, right? Because they just ran away with it as opposed to, you see this year, like it's actually, there's a challenger, right? It's two teams that are good enough to run away with it, but they're both, you know, playing at a top level. So you can see, even though Inter has such a, dominance in terms of like goal differential and overall play this year over set AI. it is only a two point lead and there's different ways to get to the title. And it looks like it is going to be um, a two horse race uh, through the rest of the campaign. So, you know, all in all, I've really enjoyed the football that Inter has played at times this year. It's been some of the best that I've seen, you know, in my, my lifetime as a fan. Um, I'm really happy with some of the players uh that we have like Lautaro, is is quickly becoming an all-timer for me um and i'm happy with inzaghi and management and the job that they've done in the uh the difficult circumstances that we've had so i'd i'd put this year slightly higher than a six i'd say it's closer to maybe a seven um you know they, they don't give you trophies for being winter champions but we do finish the year on top and uh you know we did make it a lot farther than than people gave us uh, any any chance to in the Champions League so overall pretty good year but we'll get into all of that let's go ahead and touch quickly on Genoa Inter um if there was ever a game that wasn't worth giving a full hour podcast to it was probably this one um the Marassi is tough or sorry the uh, Luigi Ferraris is difficult a lot of teams have dropped points there this year we just weren't weren't on our game um weren't you know at the peak of our powers it looked like there was a lot of tired legs out there obviously the rotation um definitely you know played a factor in that not having Lautaro not having Di Marco um having our wing backs essentially playing 90 minutes week in and week out for a few games here now uh There was always the chance that we were going to drop points here. And unfortunately, we end the year in sort of a a weird fashion, still on top of the table. But there is some regret not taking home all three points against uh, Genoa on Friday.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, But I always feel like they seem to be a bogey team for us. Them, Bologna, Sassuolo seem to be teams that always seem to give us a hard time. Uh, And it seems like that was the case here to be honest you know i i i think for large portions of the match i think genoa actually outplayed us um you know hats off to gilardino he had a good game plan i think he had the guys amped up and ready to perform in front of their home fans and 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 you have to you have to give him credit for that you know like on paper we should have we should have easily cast them aside and not had any issues uh picking up all three points but they just they really are a strong team um, you know, Dragoson played very well. I I kind of got annoyed that we kept trying to cross the ball into the box with the way that he was clearing them and and clearly out out, out matching our forwards and stuff. So yeah, it's um it's never easy. What I obviously we all would have loved to have come away with three points, and I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but that's just a team that we seem to to often struggle with.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about um, some of the big moments in the match. So we'll go straight to the end of the first half in the 42nd minute. Marko Arnautovic gets his first goal for Inter. It's a tap in um, on a cross into the box, and uh, there was controversy around it because of a push in the back from Jan Bisek. For you, is this a um, is this a goal that should have been chalked off? for me
1: yes and the only reason i say that is because of listen a strutman definitely flops there's no question about it but yeah. it's the fact that bsec gets full extension like pushing off on him i mean if that if that didn't get called against inted i, I would have been very upset so that that's the way i try to look at it it's like what i've been upset if that call went against me um and for me, like if he would have just game like a light touch, then I would have said, yeah, no. I mean, he's flopping. But the fact that he got fully extended, I think the reason they didn't call it is because Strutman, you know, made a made a meal of it. But I mean, B-Sec totally pushes off on him. Like I anyone who argues the the uh, listen, I understand you're you're if you're an Inter fan and you want to be biased towards it, but dude, come on, like that's <laughs> he's he is so f- <laughs> like just fully like trying to just push him off. Like that's. I'm sorry that that's a that's a foul
0: yeah I feel the same way in terms of like the first thing that I'll think of is if it went against me would I be losing my mind and yeah I'd be pretty pissed if we didn't get that um you mentioned you know the full extension from Bisek it does have to be said that the ball was nowhere near Strutman and he was diving onto the floor um and definitely made the most that he could of it, but it doesn't take away the fact that it it didn't look good. It didn't look good. Um, so yeah, potentially that goal should have been should have been chopped off. I think afterwards the referees' association did say that that was a mistake. So it's just going to lend credence to everybody thinking it's Maratha League and exactly. You, know, you always you always uh, it's always tough to engage those people on Twitter because it's very very easy to pull up other instances of other teams getting calls you can pull up juventus calls this year like you know danilo handball against against uh you know verona you can pull up you know against the dan and Doy getting fouled in the box against um you know juventus bologna you can pull up pulisic handball i mean every single year there are going to be calls that big teams get and everyone is going to say oh it's corrupt it's corrupt like it is what it is um It's not even worth engaging with those people, but you know, just just throwing it out there. It's not that it's not like Inter is the only team that's benefited from a call this year. It's it's definitely not the case. So there's that. Um, Dragošin's goal. He gets up on a corner. He's a a beast in the air. I actually really really like this player. Um, Looks like he may be leaving Serie A to go to Tottenham, but. He gets high over Augusto, who we've touted as someone that can do well in the air, but against Dragosin, the only people that can really <laughs> mark him on a set piece are our center backs. There's no way that he should have been isolated 1v1 with Augusto. Um, hits a powerful header, and there's some, there was some discussion whether or not Sommer could have saved that. For me, um, on a different night, and when i say a different night under different conditions where the ball wasn't extremely wet it wasn't driving rain um maybe he could have made that save but what did you think of somer's effort there was it a mistake on his end to let that get past him or is that one of those things where that's you know maybe people are are overestimating or underestimating the fact that it was a powerful header in driving rain, that doesn't necessarily give you the ability to uh, to play that ball as well as you might have if it was perfect conditions.
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of the both. Um, you know, we saw actually somewhere in Salzburg in the rain. He did not perform well there. And we see now in, in Genoa, he, he sh- I think he should have made that save. Um, I agree that, yeah, I think in, in perfect conditions he does. <clears throat> that's one. I, that's one. I'm sure he wishes he did better on himself. Listen, I'm not going to crucify the guy over that. I mean, he's been massive for us for the season. Like, do I wish he would have made that? Absolutely. You know, I, I, we win the game if he makes that save. So, and I've I've said like you, you know, seasons come down to sometimes a goalkeeper making a save or not making a save, and sometimes you need him to make a big save in a key moment. And and he just didn't come up with it in that instance, but he's he's been massive for us in other games and 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 preserved uh clean sheets and and even, you know, victories for us with the way he's played. So I'm going to going to give him a little bit of a break on on this one and uh that's something to keep an eye on though is 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 how he does the rest of the year in 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 rainy games because I think you're going to have other instances where he is going to have to perform in the rain. So yeah, hopefully hopefully it won't be an issue then.
0: Um, second half, uh, I thought Inter definitely did more, um, with the ball, but again, it wasn't anything that was overly incisive. Um, I think the, we saw the return of Dumfries. So Dumfries comes in in the 78th minute. Um, Sanchez, our only option as in terms of forwards comes off the bench in the 70th minute continues to show why investment is really needed in the forward department it doesn't look like we're going to get it but um not great not great from him today in his 20 from him on friday in his 20 minute cameo um Claassen and Pavard also get subbed in in the 90th minute which i, I don't know why subs had to be even made at that point, but it is what it is. Um and then the big topic of conversation, or one of the topics of conversation uh after this game was uh Fratesi, whether or not um he was the right investment, whether or not Inzaghi is is using him correctly. Um and there was some back and forth between, you know, Huyan and I think uh Tony also mentioned some stuff. And I did just want to address Address Fratesi quickly because I think after a game like this, where it kind of sours everyone, it's a weekend that, you know, Juve gets a big win and, you know, we struggle to beat a team that's lower in the table. Um, You know, it's the end of the year, you're hoping to get a win and it, it doesn't shake out. So I think the vibes kind of, you know, tampered off a little bit. And, you're almost searching for stuff to, to bitch and complain about. For me, it's a few months into his tenure at Inter. He is obviously going to be second choice to Miki Thadien, who is experienced in Inzagi's system. Um, has he played well enough this year? No. Does that mean that he is a bust and his career is not going to turn out to be anything at Inter? No. Yes, it, it doesn't. Oh, sorry, I know you're not a big for that. I mean, you can go ahead and and jump in and no, no. give me your thoughts on. <laughs> I I listen. I agree with you.
1: I really do. Um, I I want I, I want him to succeed. It's not that I want him to fail. I just <clears throat> like I've said, the things that I look for in a midfielder that you need to be able to pass. You need to be able to move without the ball, find, you know, find your teammates in 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 situations that'll you know, allow them to maybe get a clean shot on goal, get into space, run into space. I just don't see that with him. I just see a guy who runs all day. Great. He's got he's got legs for days. Um high energy guy, high effort and can and can score. Um that could be a winger. That could be a forward. Like I I mean maybe he's being played in the wrong position because I just don't see him being a midfielder, um, I hope that um he can improve. I mean, guys, you know, for whatever reason, it seems that midfielders in our system, young ones, um, don't seem to improve as quickly as young defenders, as young forwards. I don't know if that's just an emphasis thing. Maybe because Inzaghi was a forward himself, he's able to work with those guys. Maybe because you know, uh, Faris is good with defenders. I, I don't know you know I mean it very well could be the 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 personnel that we have <laughs> excuse me, uh coaching these guys up that maybe they don't they don't know how to work with the midfielders, but you know you look at aslani, you look at agume and and now um Fratezi, these guys haven't grown the way anyone really had thought or hoped they would at this point um so maybe it is something with with uh, the way we coach these guys up, and it's it's you know something that needs to be looked into. But right now, I haven't seen anything from Fratesi that excites me. I mean, the only thing I like is that he had a memorable GIF against against Milan that that works perfectly when when talking trash to Milanista. But yeah, I uh, I would have liked to have seen some types types of improvement, and this just further shows that Barella or or that Fratesi is not a replacement for Barella. Like Barella is not going to be sold and then it's like, okay, now he moves in because two completely different styles and, and and strengths to their games and one is a complete midfielder, the other one is is not. So yeah, that that I think they people need to put that to bed. Um because I don't I don't see that ever happening, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree with you in terms of his um his characteristics of as a player. Like he doesn't have everything that's needed in order to to be um, a top contributor in this system, but I do also like want to lend credence to the fact that it, it, he's coming from Sassuolo. Sassuolo is not Inter. It takes time to get. It takes time to get your legs under you in a new system. You know where yeah, But came from from Cagliari.
1: You know, I mean, Ireland, came from different
0: from Den- Bisa came from Denmark.
1: You different know, got, like, players
0: different players <clears throat> different players yeah, but, but, guys, like... but
1: guys can move from small clubs and and come in and have impact and and be able to to start performing right away to what i'm coming from Borussia Mönchengladbach. you know like it's it, different level of pressure
0: different level of of play style i i mean different roles though different, we're talking about like right center back versus metzala in in the system like they're they're a little bit different um they're a little bit different, in in my opinion. I mean, I just, I just don't. I just think it's understandable why the choice would be Mikitani and week in and week out for Inzaghi because there's a trust level there, and there's you know, there's obviously a lot that Fatezzi needs to improve in his game. And I think what's making it worse is, um, the level of investment. Like, what's making it worse for Inzaghi is that this is a player who. Not, you know, up front, we didn't spend a lot of money, but over the, over the term of this deal, it will be a lot of money for us to have invested in a midfielder that is not contributing at this moment. I, I'm totally, like, understanding of wanting more from Fratezi. I want more from Fratezi. I just don't, like, I'm just not ready to call him a bust, I guess. That's where I stand. I'm not ready well, to I'm say... Not a, I'm not calling him a bust. I just,
1: I don't see the the hype. I never saw the hype. I never understood why people were like, "Oh my god, Fratesi, he's the guy we got to get." Like I just never I never saw it. I never saw when I watched him play, nothing ever stood out to me when I watched him play. Like I mean, really, like really, what did he what did he do against us? What 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 do you remember that he did against Inter when when we when Did we didn't he last score year. against Inter? And that's it. One goal. Yeah, I know he scored and they won I think they won that game where we tied something like that, but <clears throat> outside of the goal I didn't notice him in the, in the matches. I don't like players that you don't notice ever. I mean, I say the same, the same thing I didn't like about Dumfries because you know, everyone's like, Oh, but he had an assist. Oh, but he had a goal. Okay. But what else did he do? Like people just like look at, uh, at the stats and they don't actually pay attention to what, what did he do? Yeah. Like, like, like I don't give him credit for that, that that assist that people want to give him for that, that accidental flick that, 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 felt perfectly to, uh, I I don't even remember who now, but, you know, it just,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, I think you're, everything you're saying is valid. I think everything you're saying is valid. I just, you know, I'm more so like wanting to respond to the discussion on Twitter of like, we pay too much for this guy, which could end up being the case. I don't, I don't know that I can definitively say that today. Um, well, what's what's your prediction 2024 for Fretesi? Do you think this kid's going to end up being a factor or is this going to be, you know, just sort of a lost year for him? And maybe he should have been loaned out or, you know, whatever.
1: What I think and what I hope are,
0: are, are two different things. I, I don't think
1: he's going to be a factor, but I hope he is. You know, I mean, I, I just like I hope uh is a factor and 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 convinces me that that he was worth this extension. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens if if there's any growth. Maybe this break, you know, they can give special attention to him or something. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how how it'll play out for sure.
0: Where I'm at with it is like. Assuming full health for the team, come you know, end of January, February, March, there's going to be a lot of games, um, a lot of games being played. And even though Inzagi may prefer to be playing mikidarian in all of these games, because they're like, this is when titles are won and lost, right? In that February, March, you know, period where there's a little bit of a, you know, there's always a, a drop off in form. Um Inzagi's gonna want to play Mikitari in all his games, but he's he's not gonna be able to. So you would imagine that Fratezi is gonna get his minutes. What he does with that is another story. I think that he is gonna get opportunity more opportunities in the new year. Um, I mean, the optimist in me says he's he's gonna come good, but I, I don't know because everything that you're saying is valid in terms of his game. There's not a lot. There's not a lot there that says, oh, he's got the tools. Um, it's just more so of like a threat of goal scoring, which is just not enough to be, you know. We've had a long time of seeing Barela being world class without putting the ball in the net. It's it's um it's not the only piece of the game that's needed. So anyway, um that was really the big takeaway from this game, Inter. Uh you know ties one one at genoa we are two points ahead of juventus in the title race they won against roma one nothing a dreadful dreadful game from a a footballing perspective but um you know entertaining nonetheless and uh yeah nine point lead over milan and we head into the year as, as head into 2024 as winter champions all right, a couple other things to quickly discuss. Renewals for um, some players ca- came down this week. Uh, renewals till 2025 for uh, Darmian, um, I believe. Was Darians also 2025? His was 2026. 2026, okay. So an additional two years. And then DiMarco was 2027, I believe. Um, yes, So some contract extensions for guys that have been huge factors for us. I think Darmian, that's an important extension. Just shore up that, you know, right center back, right wing back, versatile player position for at least another year um, until you can make some other investments. Again, Mr. Reliable, all good there. You can make an argument that Mikitarian is going to be taking minutes from players that he shouldn't, but with this growth decree... Uh, you know, coming out uh, or getting out of the game and us, um, essentially maybe not being able to go after some other players on the European stage. Uh, a player that's been, you know, a consistent part of the lineup. You don't get too mad at it, but I'll get your thoughts there in a second. And then DiMarco to 2027. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been one of the best performers for this team, despite the fact that there is periods of inconsistency. Um, but he is one of the better wingbacks in Europe. There's, there's no doubt about that. So he gets locked up. and He's a lifelong interista. So that's always good for the culture. And uh, that's that. What do you think about the renewals that came in this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, deserved. You know, uh, even, like, <coughs> excuse me, man, this cough won't go away. Even though I'm not the biggest uh, Mickey Tarion fan, he has been a decent performer. And definitely, like, at least for the tenure he's been with the club, he's had that at the very least um <clears throat> yeah i mean it's always good that if if a person wants to stay as well right like if guys want to to be here continue with the project i think that's a telling sign of the the environment that's been built the type of camaraderie that these guys have for one another and and, and support that they have for one another um yeah, I mean, all three of them, you know, Darmian, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I, I do think that at this stage in his career, he's better as a as a right center back, um, whereas other people I think will be better suited to be further up the pitch. But, um, yeah, no, he continues to perform and he continues to be <laughs> just great defensively. And like you said, DiMarco, another one who's been uh, a consistent performer, a... Uh, I think he's like a real glue guy and being, you know, an Interista himself. I mean, he's kind of living out all our childhood dreams. So, I mean, congratulations to him. I hope that he, uh, he's able to keep, uh, keep performing and and, and stay for many, many years to come.
0: Yeah. Um, you just have to think also from the perspective of like every player that goes out has to be replaced. So especially with changes to transfer strategy because of the growth degree getting, getting, uh, abolished, it's like if these players are performing for you um and they want to be here and their demands aren't too great you know like what we're seeing from Dumfries, then it makes sense to just you know keep it rolling although you do want investment in those areas right i think you know left wing back is probably not going to see much but um with another player coming in on right wing back uh buchanan i don't know that you want to roll out just buchanan and uh And Darmian for the foreseeable future. So that's a place that's going to need to get some investment in the midfield. You always need to um, you always need to invest in the midfield. You got you have three, you know, two world class midfielders in there today, and you're really looking for a third to try to, um, you know, make its way through there. So. Good for the club for getting those done. Um, And then we'll talk about a little bit about Buchanan coming in. So it's being reported that his medical is scheduled for Wednesday and that he could potentially be called up to um, the game against Verona on Saturday. Um, We won't do a full deep dive on Tejan today, but we'll give our sort of initial initial thoughts here. Um, I actually haven't seen much from you about Buchanan. I don't know where you stand. So why don't we kick off with what your feelings are about this 24-year-old Canadian right wing back that's been playing in the uh, in the Belgian League, but actually was a draft pick to the MLS.
1: Yeah, um, I, I do think he has... A little bit more skill than we would see from Dumfries. He has better technical ability. The only thing that I would like to see improve in his game is his, is his ability, his final ball. Um, his crossing isn't that great, but the pace is there. The passion is there. Um, you do see a little bit of a of a temper tantrum, not tantrum, but like temper, I don't even want to say it's a problem, but he does get a little, you know, a little worked up sometimes, which, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I, I like that. That's That's a positive. Um, but you just hope it doesn't lead to to cards and stuff, and or or getting you know a second yellow or something. But I think that you know with this environment and and being um, <clears throat> being with other guys of, of this level, I think he'll be able to to fit right in. I, I obviously think he's going to take time to to get used to to Serie a and and get acclimated to to the league itself. Um, but I hope uh, I hope he you know I think obviously he's an investment because. You know, kind of like what we did with um, with Gozens, knowing Perisic might be leaving, we brought him in early. I think the same thing is kind of how this is being looked at. Um, I think Dumfries is going to be sold in the summer, if not in January, um, with everything going on with his contract. So I think this is just, hey, let's get a, a cheap um, replacement in now. Make as much of a profit as we possibly can on, on Denzel. And... um yeah, hope, hopefully we do better with this one than we did with Gozins even though I, I think he he needed more time, but you know what? Uh, I'm not upset with the the Carlos ago pickup pick up either even though I wasn't too high on it. So hopefully um yeah, hopefully this guy, you know, makes uh makes Canada proud and and the Maple Mbappe uh works out.
0: Yeah, it's it it is important that this works out because if Denzel does leave in the summer, which I think is is expected at this point, um you don't know if they're going to be investing more in that right wing back position, so tejan has got to got to step up. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting at least a half season here uh, to learn under Inzaghi. He does, like you said, he has like physical attributes and technical attributes to succeed in this system, um, but we haven't seen you know him have to defend at the level that he's going to be asked to here, and we haven't seen uh, you know the end product like you mentioned. Um, so we'll see how this this thing shakes out, but we'll do a deeper dive. Hopefully, we can get a Canadian Interista on here um, to discuss him a little bit further. All right. I think it's time. End of the year awards. So the interviewsies, uh very first edition here. <laughs> and we'll go ahead and, and get started. So the first award for 2023. And the the parameters the rules here are we're looking just at the calendar year, right so it's the second half of last season and the first half of this season um for these awards, so we will start with the big one uh player of the year for you in two thousand twenty three who are you giving it to you might you might want to have gone first here instead of me, but um
1: yeah, I think uh Listen, this was an easy one, really when you look at this this team, uh the level of importance that this player has, you could see clearly with his absence against Genoa and just the calendar year he's had, if I'm not mistaken, he set the record for goals in a calendar year for Inter. If at, at the very least he tied it um with Milito, but it's got to be Lautaro Martinez. Um I mean his his importance, his his leadership, his his love for the club, I think it, it's I think DiMarco is the only one who can really match him maybe for for love of this club. Um, but my goodness, man, his he is so important to this team and a driving force. And I think that him being there allows Turam to be able to do what he's best at and and really is, is great with Lincoln play, his touch, his passing, his finishing this year. I mean, I can go on all day really about the level of importance um, Lothar Martinez has. But yeah, he is the player of the year.
0: Yeah, without question. It's uh, it's Lautaro. This is a player who could very easily be a hundred million euro player, um, you know, playing for one of the other teams in Europe that is constantly, you know, able to invest and spend money. But he's made it very, very clear that yeah, he, ha- he is of the quality of one of the best strikers in Europe, but he's made it very clear that this is where he wants to be. And he wants to bring the team with him. Um, and you can't put, you can't put a number on that. Um, what he's done as a captain has been sensational, uh, coming into a game against, you know, off the bench, scoring four goals, you know, getting a, a big win for the team in a game that we were, we were struggling, um, securing the, the, uh, uh, semi-final against Milan. Um, you know in the first half of the year with a goal in the second leg you know coming over to <laughs> to the Curvanor then having that iconic photo taken he's just embodied everything that you want from from an Inter player an Inter captain um all the it's not just the goals it's how hard he works on the pitch and uh yeah you see him when he comes out of the game it's it's um Inter plays you know it's a little tougher for us. So I think he's clearly the player of the year. Um, and one of the players, one of the best players in Europe by far. All right, let's talk uh, goal of the year. Um, this is an interesting one because there've been a lot of screamers. We can talk about, you know, Di Marco against Frosinone. There've been, um, some really important goals. Like I said, uh, you know, Lautaro against Milan in the second leg. Um, but for me, the goal that got me out of my seat the most this year was Marcus Turam against uh, AC Milan in the derby earlier this season. Um, getting on the end of a you know a cross that went a little bit out of range from Dumfries, coming at Malik Chow, who Chow is you know got talked up by by Milanisti as as one of the better defenders uh, in Serie A runs right at him, creates a little pocket of space, and then rifles it into the top corner past Manyan, immediately running over to the stands and the whole stadium erupted. Um, there was some power in that goal. And that was like the arrival of like, okay, this kid may be really serious um, and really kickstarted the festivities against, uh, against Milan in that game. So for me, that was my favorite goal of the year. I have one other that that might be a contender but let's hear uh let's hear what yours is no let's hear let's
1: hear yours no, I, I just want to
0: i really really enjoyed lautaro turning tomori inside out in the supercopa um just a beautiful like just he it destroyed him and then outside of the boot flicked past out i really really love that goal for what it is um not only just like dunking on apparently one of the best defenders in europe but also just the finish like cool calm and collected and um i really really like that goal that would be that would be a close contender for me
1: that's a close one i'm trying to think like some of the ones that were memorable to me obviously the Di Marco one um lautaro had a chip on verona that i loved um you know, this may not be an important goal that people bring up, but I think Gozin's goal against Lazio, where we were down. um, That's a great shout. Like, I, I yeah, I think that was huge. I mean, he, the guy put his body on the line, really, uh, to get that one. I'm having a hard time, like, really coming up with one that I want because, like, yeah, the Lauti one where he turns Tomori inside out. It's probably it's probably up there. I'm. Just, I don't think that there's.
0: Um, Bastoni no, to Bast- Barella in I thought the Benfica game. That was a good. That was a good one.
1: Um, I thought about Barella's goal. Well, actually, no. I think that, I don't think that was actually in twenty twenty three. The free kick. No, that was twenty twenty two. Um, the free kick he scored against uh, Udinese. But mm, you know what? I mean, I guess I do got to give it to. Do I give it to the I feel like that's like an easy cop out, the Tomori goal. I love that. Goal. What do you think? That's one of my favorite. That's one now, of my
0: favorite. You know favorite what, you know what? You know what I'm going to
1: give it to? You know what I'm going to give it to? Um, because I love long range shots. I'm going to give it to Hakon against Verona. Hmm. Where we where we destroyed them. I mean, he shot that from like thirty six, forty yards out. I mean, that yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you 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 could say the um, Hakan's had some screamers. You could say the Dimarco one. I mean, I don't think I don't think the Barella volley against Cremonese was in twenty twenty three. I think that was twenty twenty two. But yeah, Hakan. Yep. I mean, yeah, Di, Dimarco. I, I I love that one, but I just think. The way Hakon strikes that ball, it, it's yeah. If it, if if we were going like based on last season and what we've seen so far this season, I would probably give it to Demarco's volley. I mean, not Marcos volley, um, Barella's volley. Uh, yeah, the one against it <clears throat> But yeah, I the Hakon one against Verona we know is this year. So I'm gonna that's the winner for me for 2023.
0: All right, uh, so we have our Player of the Year goal of the year, your match of the year um for the calendar year this is just essentially your favorite match for me that for the year. what's it gonna be
1: It's probably gonna be the same one as you, but it's it's gotta be the the beating against Milan earlier this season um, <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of questions were coming up, oh, can you know? willing to be able to play with them, you know, can Milan steal the points, Bala steal the win. That game was, I mean, an absolute throttling. Like, that's that's a beating, I think, that they'll remember, kind of like how they always bring up the six-goal the 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 six goal loss that we had. So, yeah, that one's a, one of my, yeah, definitely my favorite of the, of the year, for sure
0: yeah the conversation going into that game was these are going to be the two clubs fighting for the scudetto this is the second star battle um and then we made it our fifth win against milan in the calendar year so that's a really good one just to switch it up i'll go with uh the second leg against milan to put us in the champions league final um yeah, that was a tense game. Mm. Uh, that was a, a really, really tense game. You, you kind of felt, you know, obviously we had a two-goal advantage going into it, but um, any, you know, a goal for Milan at any point really starts ratcheting up the uh, the suspense. So having Lautaro score that goal late in the game and, you know, just the feeling of getting back to a Champions League final, for me, that's, um, that's the match of the year. And not made a other- big save in that game. So, and on, I made a big save. Yeah, plenty of other you know great performances from Inter, but I do think you need to take into account sort of the uh, the stakes, right? Two Milan derbies for us here, obviously says a lot about um, you know the kind of matches that that get us up and out of our seat. So, it's not necessarily the four nothing throttlings of Salernitana. It's more so you know winning big games, um, which is uh, which is the best feeling that you can get as a fan. All right. Let's go into our bidone of the year. Um, this goes to the player who was more of a detriment to Inter than um than any any sort of positive. Uh there's some contenders for this one for sure. But uh for me, I think it has to be Lukaku. And the reason why is that in the biggest game of the year, in the biggest match of the year, he is the reason why we aren't able to put the ball in the net against a team that we were we were not dominating, but we were beating, um, that we had the upper hand on. In the biggest game of the year, he prevents that. And then we find out he's been talking to our rivals before that. And then the whole summer where, you know, he's not responding to teammates and all the drama around it. Lukaku had the single was the single most for me detrimental player to Inter. Even though he only played half a season uh, in this calendar year, he did a lot of damage. A lot of damage. And for me, this is my last, my very last fuck you, big Rom. Um, for <laughs> I, I never want to talk about him again. Hopefully, in the future, he doesn't screw us. But for me, I mean.
1: I I don't know. I don't even know if I really wanna do this one. <laughs> I I just uh I don't even wanna say it, bro. I, I really don't. <laughs> uh, he just drives me insane. He really does. But I guess I'll go with with Davy Clausen. I uh, don't know. I'll go with Clausen just to just, just to avoid backlash of what I'm really thinking. Uh
0: oh! <laughs> Is it a certain? Uh... <laughs> oh my god!
1: Yeah, just to not get not get just the knock get... going. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't need. I don't. I don't need it. I'm trying to go into 2024 and and, and feel relaxed. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> David Clausen, uh,
0: bidone. David Clausen is the bidone. You could also make a case for Alexis Sanchez. Um, you can make a case for... certainly make for... a case for Sanchez.
1: Actually, you know what? It's Sanchez. I, yeah, he's he's my le- he is my least favorite player on this team right now.
0: Yeah. Um, again, another player who contributed nothing. Uh all right, let's talk about our save of the year. So we have been privy to some awesome goalkeeping performances this year. Uh what is the top save for you?
1: Go with yours because I have a few in, in mind and I don't want to steal the, yours.
0: The mo- the one that like felt the most important to me at the time was Onana against Porto um at the very last minute where he gets his hand yep. onto a ball to, like that was that changed the course of our year right like we don't <laughs> we're not playing in the Champions League final without you should on the second end leg of it. in the second leg yeah in in uh Portugal um, that one for me is like there were other good saves from him uh, you know we could talk about the triple save we can talk about whatever but for me that was like his ucl campaign was amazing and that is the save that i remember the most just for its importance it's it's uh a, a second leg save in a what was that that wasn't the quarters was it no it was a round of around a 16 Round a 16 yeah 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 so for me that's the save of the year
1: yeah for me it's it's got to be the the triple save in the first leg like i just that blew my mind really like uh i the way he recovers, because I forget who it might have been, might have been Screenyard who made the first block, actually. Um, so he dives and then he has to get himself back up to make the save on the second shot and then save the third one. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Onana, you can pull up a bunch of Onana. There's a few summer saves that I, you know, that I would even consider, but I'm going to give it to Onana just because, yeah, to me, that was important and that and kept it, uh, that kept us in the lead. so yeah, kept us in the uh, in that one. Sorry.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but Onana, the thing with Onana is that he played in the really, really big game. Somer hasn't yet. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen him have to make a save of that magnitude, but hopefully when it comes True. down to it. Um, but Onana, yeah, either leg of Porto is a uh, is save of the year. All right, your signing of the year. Uh, best... Player that's been brought in in 2023 so you have the winter transfer window and you have the um the summer transfer window you go first i'm gonna go with somer um i'm gonna go with somer because although i think Turam you have a, a major shout out for um i don't think i think you know people thought Duram and Lautaro could cook. I don't think that people expected Somer to pick up right where Onana left off and potentially even surpass him. Um, yeah, for six mil, it's the combination of the business of it, where we sold Onana for a huge profit only got Somer for six mil and the quality in play not only doesn't drop off, but potentially gets even better. Um, for me, Jan Sommer is is uh, the signing of the season.
1: I'm actually gonna have to agree with you. Uh, and I, I I went first because I thought you were gonna or I said you go first because I thought you were gonna say Teram, but I wanted to say Sommer too, and, and I'm gonna stick with it. Honestly, I think that he is just listen. I I was so hyped for this signing. I've thought he was a great goalkeeper since his days at Basel. Motion Gladbach, he only got better. I mean, the guy, the guy's fantastic in terms of shot stopping. And he's better with the ball at his feet than I thought he would be. And Bayern Munich fans were were making it seem like this guy was going to be absolute nightmare. Um, not the case so far. He's had maybe two instances, which I'm sure he wished you know he could he can get back. Um, but you could look at Onana last year as well, and he had instances like that too, where so like you said, to see the continuity of, of success in net, I mean, yeah, I I think he is the signing of the year.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, the really the only other person you can make a case for is Thuram, and you can make a really good case for them. But um, again, it's like, I think Sommer was Nima's potential flop of the season, um, and now he's arguably the best goalkeeper. Kind of makes you so. think. It makes you. Think. It makes you think. All right, what about the worst signing of the year? Um, so you have two transfer windows to look at, and there, unfortunately, are a lot of contenders for this one. Uh, for you, who is the worst signing of the year? Yeah, this is tough
1: because, yeah, like you said, there's a few of them. I'm gonna stick with the one that that immediately popped out of my head, and it's got to be Alexis Sanchez. There were people in in this fan base who were like, "Oh, he's good enough to be the third striker. What are you talking about? He could step right in and be and have an impact and be and and you know, and be the Alexis Sanchez we know. Guys, going from the French league back to Serie A is two completely different beasts. If Lautaro went to go play for Lyon or or Lille, the guy would score 50 goals a year over there. Have you seen some of the goalkeeping howlers in that league, the defending that takes place in that league. Uh, No, I wouldn't trust a single forward coming out of that league. I wouldn't want anybody there. And this guy, since he comes on, he does nothing. He he brings nothing. No link of play. He can't move. He gets out-muscled easily off the ball. Thank goodness it was a free, but even the money we're paying him is just an absolute waste horrendous horrendous and I don't want to hear anybody talk about Arnautovic again because the guy comes in and even if he doesn't score he's still giving great passes he's still putting in effort he's a hard he's worker hard. yeah like he may not be getting the results we all want but you know what he's starting to turn it back up now and I'm telling you if we support him I think he has a little bit of, of Lukaku in the sense that you have to like back him for him to feel good and then he, he just goes out and, and he loves this club. I want players who love this club and want to be here and want to succeed. And he, he has that in just tons of amounts. So, yeah, Sanchez, worth signing.
0: I'm going to go. It's also like tough to make a case. Uh You could make a case for Fratesi because um of the investment. No, if, I did, if I did that, I would have been... Pfft. Yeah, Crucified, I'm just so. looking, looking at, because I was going to say Alexis as well, but looking at another thing, it's like, you do you look at investments that haven't panned out well, or do you look at just genuinely the players that aren't giving you enough? I think you could make a case for Arnautovic or Fratesi because neither have given you what the expectation is in terms of the investment, but I, I don't want to give it to them because I they're still potentially, you know, big contributions to come from those guys. I'm going to give it to Cuadrado. Um comes in here on a free is injured most of the season. We see some cameos here and there and then gets injured where he has to get surgery and is out for 3 months forcing us to spend in um in January, which we probably didn't want to do. And if we did have budget, maybe we would have allocated it towards a forward. So for me, the former Juventino Juan Cuadrado is uh is the worst signing of the season. Uh, all right, next one, goalkeeper of the year, Onana or Sommer? got it's, it's got to be Onana, right? Like,
1: yeah, like yeah. I don't think we really need to go into it. We we kind of did talk about him in in the saves that he makes and just the level of importance he had. Um, the mental, like just warrior that he is where he doesn't let bad performances dwell he doesn't let it affect him going into the next game he's able to recover uplift you know be be vocal um i love that about him
0: yeah for me he just played the big games this year and we won a lot of big games so um yeah it's onana defender of the year for me it's going to be it's really between um acerbi and bastoni but for me it's going to be um i guess would you include wing backs and the defender of the year or the midfield i guess you would include mm, i guess you'd include him tough. in def yeah i guess you'd include him in defender of the year so then it's probably Di Marco bastoni or acerbi um but either way for me acerbi he changed our defense um and was unheralded and was a signing that a lot of Interisti were not okay with. Uh, and then he yeah, came myself in. Myself included? Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the best defenders in Europe. Uh, single-handedly pocketed some of the biggest strikers in Europe as well. Um, so for me, it's got to be Acerbi.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's I think it's pretty easy. Um like I said he was not someone that I was too excited about, someone that I was very upset that we brought in, but he proved me wrong. Uh and he's been he's been massive for us, really, in in every every way shape, and form.
0: All right, midfielder of the year. So you've got Chalanoğlu who changed position and became one of the best in the world at his position. You've got Barella who has just been consistently one of the most world-class players um you know, across Europe. And I think the other name that you would put up here is Brozovic. Um, Obviously, we only got a half a season to work off of this for the 2023, but I think those would be the three midfielders that you consider. This is a tough one, but who takes the nod for you?
1: Man, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to give it to Hakan just because of the level of consistency the transformation that he had, really, going from a mezzala to a Regista and the the way that he's excelled in it. Um, I mean, I think that's a big reason as to why Inter were OK selling Brozovic, even though a lot of Interista did not want to sell him. I think that that made it easier for them to to kind of cash in on this on, on, on him. And um, he's been massive. Although Barella is my favorite, obviously. Um, no, it's 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 got to be it's got to be Hakon.
0: Yeah, for me it's Hakan as well, and it's it is like you said the transformation into a regista, allowing us to move on from Rosevich, but also, um, him being able to step up and be as consistent a penalty taker as he's been when we've had struggles at that department, um, that's also been a huge win for Inter. So Hakan is the midfielder of the year, striker of the year, he's our player of the year. This one's a no-brainer. Um, Lautaro Martinez is the uh, striker of the year. I don't know that there's much more that needs to be said about that. We don't have to say anything. Yeah. All right. And that is the um, that is the uh, interviews which uh, have been brought to you sponsored <laughs> by what's the name of that uh, card uh, app they used? <laughs> they're they're the sponsor of this episode. Oh, whatnot. Out, uh, yeah. Yeah. What not? Allowing us to provide you guys with some some giveaways. Which, Uh, by the
1: way, all right, hold on real quick. So I moved apartments. This is for our two listeners who won the giveaway. I haven't been able to send them out, but I did also just get new cards in with interplayers, and because of the delay, I'm actually going to throw in an extra card for each of you. Um, I apologize for taking this long, but I appreciate the patience. None of you guys have been hitting me up and getting angry and saying anything, but I did want to give you an update. Now that I'm settled in my new apartment,
0: um I'm I'm, I'm going to get those out. Nice little like a little extra for uh, the holidays. All right, yeah. Let's talk 2024 predictions. So what we'll do for predictions is we'll give our predictions in terms of silverware, if we win anything, where we finish in the league. Um any European silverware and then we'll give a prediction for uh breakthrough player. A player that you know we think can really step up and become a factor of this team, and then let's give, um, hmm. let's start there. I don't know if I want to get into the negative, but let's give your predictions for Inter's twenty twenty four.
1: Ah, okay, twenty twenty four. Lautaro will win capo canoniere. He will score. I'm gonna say, 27 league goals. Uh, I don't know what I I, I can't give a thing in, in all comps. It really depends on how far we go and everything. So I'm not gonna do that. We, but I'll I'll, I'll stick with my guns on the on the league. Um, we we get that. Uh, I think we're gonna lose the Super Copa as soon as possible. Now that they extended it to this stupid thing, I don't think. Why? Why? Like it should have just been us and Napoli. Get it over with. One game. So dumb. Congrats to Fiorentina or Lazio. I guess. I mean, <laughs> are we please, getting
0: any? Yeah. Like what's yeah, the please money? Please don't. That's worth. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's. It, it can't be worth it. It can't be unless they're giving like five, ten million. Like, it, it can't be worth it. But please just just start aldero and 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 every kid you can imagine and let them have their moment. But anyway. I think, we'll, I think we will win our second star. I truly believe that. I think that we... Just because Juve has to only worry about one competition doesn't mean... Listen, we said that this is the objective, right? Getting to round of 16 is great and all. Whatever happens, listen, I won't be upset if we lose. I'll be happy if we move on. But I'm not going to be upset. You know, Atletico is a great team. Diego Simeone is a fantastic manager. Um, and he's good in these this knockout tournament as well. Like, he... he he just finds a way. So the goal is to get the second star. And I think that we we achieve the goal. Um I think that in turn will also get some some eyes on investments, not just in 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 players, but I think in the club as well. And and maybe that'll lead to some like fluctuation of or influx, I should say, of, of cash that we can use to to continue to strengthen the squad and to continue. To then maybe you know go after a treble the next year or something, but I think that's how we our our year goes.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna second Capukana Nere. I'm gonna second uh, my prediction at the start of the year with as with regards to that. I'm knocking on my table because I don't want to. I'm very superstitious and I don't want (laughs) to jinx anything. Somebody was knocking at the door. Actually, (laughs) no, I don't want to jinx anything. But I'm gonna stick with my prediction uh, as far as the second star is concerned. Um. I think Champions League, like you said, given that this is our stated objective is to win the second star. I think if there's any slip up in the league, no matter where we are in the competition. So if it's the round of 16 and we're not performing well in the league, I think they might lay down. Um, if it's quarterfinals or semifinals, I re- I really, again, it would be embarrassing for them to have talked this much and to not get the second star. So um, I'm not going to predict another final in Europe. New ownership. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a pessimist here and say that Zhang refinances this loan um, and continues to be to be our owner um, throughout well, the rest. year to ruin my holiday season. No, I'm kidding. I'm just. i just, uh, reading it. the tea leaves here. Reading the tea leaves, and um, That's we've it. had a, cancel the a pod. Lot, a lot of people have come in. And um, a lot of people have come in and, and tried making bids, and he still hasn't moved. So it looks like we're stuck with this guy for the long haul. Um, and that's 2024. Anything, any other things you wanted to uh, to mention about 2023 or 2024 with regards to, uh, to our club, our beloved team? In
1: 2024, Inter will buy Andrea Colpani.
0: Hmm.
1: And another striker. I don't know which one, but we're gonna get one. You think we're getting another striker? Maybe thought Maybe not in January, but I think the summer. But yeah, somebody's coming in. All right, somebody <laughs> is coming in.
0: I pre- I predict that Esposito is gonna be on this team next year. I'll throw that out there. With the growth to Korea, I think uh, if he continues Project performing FTK, at the he's uh, gone. He's... Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. um and then also just want to give a shout out to all of you guys for listening this is our first year in the books doing this podcast um i really really genuinely enjoy doing this podcast i really really genuinely enjoy engaging with you guys on uh twitter i think you know for 2024 for us um would definitely you know like to continue to grow and maybe bring different content to you guys um and just keep this going because it's been uh it's been really good for us and and we hope that we've been able to give you content that's been enjoyable and a good listen and um stuff that you guys can return to over and over again so um just want to give a, a huge shout out and thank you to all of you for listening and sharing and all of our guests that have come on and everything that everyone that's made this pod what it is um I really appreciate The unofficial third member, the unofficial Nick Gianni views. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the new, uh, he's the third guy, and uh, yeah, just thank, thanks you to everyone, um, and I wish everyone uh, a happy new year.
1: Yeah, no, I would echo that as well. You know, I
0: hope that you guys all enjoy listening to it
1: as much as we enjoy doing it. Like this is. The club we all love um this is something I've wanted to do for for years and to be able to do this with with Alessandro and and do it at a level that I could be proud of you know putting my name on it and, and be proud of you know what we're able to to bring and, and and obviously as a fan's perspective you know I know we Alessandro and I both played but we obviously didn't play at that level but um yeah to just be able to to talk about this team week in and week out even with the ups and downs and, you know, in, in our personal lives and stuff, and it, it, I feel like it's a it's a good place for us to be able to to kinda let loose and and, and talk about something and, and distract ourselves from whatever it is that, that we're, you know, dealing with in the moment. So I think it's it's great that we're able to to do this and, and the fact that you guys listen, I mean we, we see the numbers. We see how many people listen to each episode, how often it gets downloaded and stuff and, and to see it growing and, and continuing to grow, man, that, that really means a lot. I know for for myself and i would and i'm not going to speak for alessandro but i'm sure it does you know as well to an extent uh it's i could not be happier and yeah i hope that we can continue to to do this and improve and 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 bring more content like you said to you guys so
0: here's to 2024 having a lot of win pods this year had a, a good amount of win pods and hopefully 2024 has the the same um so thank you everyone and and happy new year from the interviews guys in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, forza, ragazzi, forza, ragazzi, forza. Ragazzi.